This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how you can stand out from the crowd, especially during this period once the airlines start taking applications. But first, if you have any questions, comments, or inspirational stories, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, a couple announcements. Thank to a listener, Paul, for paying it forward by buying 10 scholarships guides. Uh, when he buys 10, then we add two more, so a total of 12 are out there. For every five scholarships guides someone buys, we add one to that list. To find out more about the Pay It Forward campaign and how to use the coupon code for the free scholarships guide, you can go to Pay It Forward. Click on the Pay It Forward tab. Again, using that coupon code, all one word, Pay It Forward, you can actually get yourself a free scholarships guide. We're going to talk a little bit more about that once we get into the podcast here. But uh, also another thing, if you're looking for coaching, especially during these times, trying to figure out where to go, what to do, how to plan for the future furloughs at the airlines, and how to prepare yourself for the future, we can put a plan together. Really easy. Just go out to the coaching page at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Learn a little bit more about what we can do for you. Our latest video, by the way, on YouTube is What are the Maximum Holding Speeds? That's part of that pilot interview course. This is episode number four. We're coming up with episode five shortly. These are all from those questions, again, that I do during our interview. This actually makes it easier for you so you can prepare. So if we do an interview prep, then we're going to go ahead and you know pull from some of those questions. And so you should be ready for the questions that I ask. Also, another interesting thing, by the way, a lot of people don't realize that uh, some people are still interviewing uh, for airlines and jobs and that type of thing. There are still jobs out there. Uh, an example is cargo. There's also uh, things like 135, charter. There are always jobs in aviation because there's, there's somebody that's filling a job somewhere. They're just not as plentiful as they were before. That's for sure. I mean, it's a lot different now than it used to be. I actually just did an airline interview prep recently for an airline that actually is not interviewing right now, but is going through the whole list of people that we're supposed to interview and just finishing those interviews up right now. But uh, currently not too many airlines that are uh, hiring. As a matter of fact, as you know, in the news, uh, a lot of furloughs are starting to happen. If you're listening to this a couple of years from now, keep in mind that this is something you want to keep in mind, especially if the market has come back and things are really doing well. Think about this, you know, when you're, you know, things are going great, make sure you prepare yourself for the worst. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this type of an environment we're talking about right now. And this is July of 2020. What, you know, what can you do to better prepare yourself in case there is a downturn in the market? So anyway, we have a couple of uh, really cool questions from listeners. And again, that's feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. If you do write us at any of the other things like LinkedIn, Facebook page, etc., I have someone that goes through all those and then uh, takes all those questions and puts them into a document so that I can read them on here. So if you do have questions, you can go there and uh, ask them. But the best way to do is feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. I'll read them right here. Here we go. Uh, first question comes in, and it's uh, from a reader. It says, Hi, I'm a fan of your show, and I'm sure you get these emails constantly. A dream of being an airline pilot. It's the only thing I want to do. I'm 30, still working on a private pilot that has been difficult because of my finances. And by the way, I do get those emails all the time. And just realize this. 
you're part of a larger group. You know, you're not alone. So just have some comfort in that. Uh, so there's a lot of folks in their 30s that, that definitely want to become an airline pilot. And it's still achievable. It's, uh, it's just uh, the times are a little more difficult. That's for sure. Anyway, he continues. It says, now I've been laid off from my job, and I figured this was the right time to get into a program that will take me all the way through to the airline. I was accepted into the Lyft program in Indiana, but again, because of COVID, Republic Airways pulled out of the program, so did the lender. So now getting a loan is almost impossible. By the way, we're reaching out to the people at Republic concerning that program and, uh, and what's uh, happening moving forward. So uh, hopefully we'll have some more news on that. But we'll, uh, I, I understand that things are a little bit tighter now. As far as I'm pulling out of the program, I think it's on a pause. I don't know exactly, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say exactly what's happening with the program until I actually speak with some of the folks at Republic about that. Um, anyway, he continues on. I'm looking into uh, L3 Harris, probably the best choice. But again, like any other program, it's only a hundred thousand dollars, and I wasn't approved for a loan on my own. I have no family, and I'm on my own. I'm getting desperate and trying to stay positive, but st- it's getting difficult. Have your 2019 Aerospace Scholarships Guide, but I'm afraid sometimes I don't qualify for a lot of them. Please advise. Well, thanks for that email, first of all, and I understand what's happening right now. Uh, we've been through this many times, and this is the first thing that happens, is that uh, we start feeling a-, a little bit desperate in our situations, and uh, we kind of it's hard to change our direction and change our thought and our thought pattern about what's happening right now. First thing you should do is realize that the thing that you shouldn't do is feel desperate in that you'd still always have yourself to rely on. You have the actions that you take that you can still rely on. Remember, if you're an airline pilot and you're faced with many different things going on in the cockpit and something's going wrong and then something else goes wrong and it's the first time you've ever heard of this scenario and now you're in the deep of it. You have to think positively and realize that failure is definitely not an option for you. You are going to move forward. Just like in this case, you are going to move forward. It may take some change of course and there may be a possibility that yeah, we you won't be able to get a loan to do this right away. And there may be the possibility of having to go out and get some other type of work. I know it's a tough time right now. But you have to continually try to do as much as you can with what you have, although it may not be much because you don't have that loan right now to be able to get the ratings. One of the things you can do, and you talked a little bit about it, is the, the Aerospace Scholarships Guide. And, um, and here's a good statement you made, an interesting statement. You said, but I'm afraid sometimes I don't qualify for a lot of the scholarships. You don't know until you try and you apply. A good example is this. If you didn't feel like you actually be able to apply for a job at an airline, then you wouldn't apply to any airlines and that wouldn't be good. And you should be applying to as many airlines as you can, just in the same manner. You need to keep applying to some of those scholarships. And you never know if you're the only one that actually applies for that scholarship, then you may be the one to get that. Look deeply into it. A lot of them on the surface may seem like you don't qualify because of their names. Uh, that's not totally true. It's uh, I always liken it to some of the government programs that are out there. You know, they have a program that states X, Y, and Z. We're saving money on this, and and you find out that's not really what it is. Uh, so it's similar to those type of programs where they have a nice title. Uh, you think it's just for the group of X, Y, and Z folks, but it's the ABC group of folks that also can apply for the scholarships. So make sure you do go out there and apply for many of them. And I know I know what you're looking at. 
you're looking at the fact that uh, you're 30 years old, and that group of people, as far as scholarships concerned, it does it does shrink a little bit. But there's a lot of people in the industry have realized that over the past few years. So keep looking for those folks that are doing more continuing education scholarships. We also have scholarships for adults, we call that, uh, other scholarships that are merit-based, that type of thing, through different organizations. Look in your background, see if there's any organizations uh, that you might be involved with you don't realize, either through a civic organization or through uh, some kind of an organization with your background that you might be able to actually get that uh, scholarship. The other thing I want to mention to you is that you mentioned the 2019 guide. I noticed uh, I was looking at this person's email email that you renewed. So that that scholarships guide online, uh, that's actually the current one, the 2020 of this month of July. And uh, we have close to, and I looked it up just recently, it was over $90 million in scholarships coming around the corner on that $100 million level. So my advice to you is don't give up. Keep trying. You're going to be an airline pilot someday, and you have to stick with it. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you really, really want to do, and it sounds like you do, and you've always dreamed of this, don't give up. Now, you're in your 30s. You still have a few years left. It's just that the the path has to change just a little bit. And that's what you need to do no matter what you're doing in your career. It's going to happen again in your career. You're going to have to change path. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to change direction. If there's a thunderstorm that comes up in front of you, the worst thing you can do is fly right through it. You're going to have to change course, and that's what you're doing. That's what everybody's doing right now. We're all changing course, and and this too will we'll get through this. The most important thing for you, as you said, no family, etc., you, you need to make sure you can feed and clothe and, and shelter yourself. That's the most important thing. After that, everything else is secondary. Moving forward in your career is secondary. You need to be able to find something to pay for that, and one of the best ways is through scholarships, also even the possibility of uh, some of the scholarships within the, the university type programs. We're having a big slowdown for a while, so it's constantly look out for other programs that are out there. And I know that you want to get this done rather quickly. It's just the fact that even after, say, six months or so, we're still going to see this slowdown in the industry. And the reason being, it's going to take a couple years for this to come back. And if we've noticed recently, we've seen a pullback, et cetera. This, uh, you know, I was the person that was helping the furlough pilots back in 01. Then during the Great Recession, I was helping a lot of furlough pilots worldwide, got involved with this business. And something that is telling is the people that stick with it are the ones that come through it on the other end successful. Now, that doesn't mean they're not they're moving forward constantly like in their position where they're working. That doesn't mean anything, that at all. It means that they're constantly building themselves up so they can move forward when things open up again. Uh, but the most important thing is continue to look and and you know there are other programs out there. There's other and I will say this. This is another shining light by the way and I, I want to address that whole scholarships thing is the fact that there are people out there that are realizing this is a tough time, right? There's people out that have planned for this. You know, I myself, I mean, I've planned for this type of a thing uh, and been overly conservative. So I'm able to help other people out that I I wouldn't have been able to do 20 years ago, say. And it's been a real blessing for me. And there's a a lot of other people that realize their blessings and they've been able to help other people in this situation. So there's a lot of folks out there that do want to help you. and, And notice this too. You'll see, and sometimes in the news, et cetera, you'll see that uh, in the aviation news, I should say, you'll see that people are opening up scholarships and they're adding more scholarships to ones that are already out there. What you need to do is be part of that. Remember you were saying you may not 
actually be able to qualify for them. Well, I've seen this happen where, and I've had scholarships foundations reach out to me and say, hey, listen, we've got this scholarship that we just added five more recipients to that scholarship, but it has to be done within the week. Can you get the word out? Uh, so we're going to continue to try to do that. I know there's a lot of groups online, Facebook, et cetera. Uh, we may get more involved in those or just uh, start you know, announcing those on our Facebook page uh, or through our emails, et cetera, because we really want to get that news out. The, only, the one thing I can say is just keep applying, constantly keep applying, and, uh, and ask them, hey, would you consider someone like me uh, for your scholarships program? But don't give up hope, but do something really important. Take care of yourself first and then start planning for the future. I hope that helps, and uh, don't forget, I looked at your account, and you still have another year on that scholarships guy. We're going to be adding to it, adding more scholarships and updating them all the time. It's over a 1,000 pages right now. Uh, people ask me if I'm going to put together an online database. We kind of have one. It's just uh, it's like a you know spreadsheet kind of thing, but uh, we're going to continue forward with this and also have a printed guide. I find sometimes, I know this sounds strange, but the largest scholarship book out there is a printed guide where you can go online and actually pick up information. We might start doing that uh, with a, a code, but it's easier sometimes, especially when there's a volume of information to flip through kind of like a book and that type of thing. I find people miss less if they're flipping through a book. So we'll probably put that out there in, uh, as a print version, but the most inexpensive way to do it is by purchasing it online. Uh, it's only $10 for your access, and if you use a coupon code, pay it forward, uh, you may get yourself a free uh, coupon. There's also some of our sponsors uh, that actually have uh, put in in the past that still some of those coupon codes are still out there, so you never know. Uh, you might actually get one for yourself. So hopefully that's answered your question. Let's move on uh, to the next question here. And it says, hello, Carl, I've been listening for over a year, and thanks to you, I finally decided to pursue my dream and start my aviation career. Sometime last April, about three days before entering the police academy, I resigned and started working on my ratings. Currently a CFI, working on Long Island, and never been happier. That's awesome. I, I'm so excited for you. Even though under the current situation my options are limited, I'd like to take this time to get ready for when the airlines do start hiring again. I'd like to know a few things. For example, what can I do to stand out once they start accepting application? Should I pay for my own ATP certificate? And how can I get a head start on the technical knowledge of the ATP process, like getting familiar with jet engines, etc.? Thanks for everything you do for the aviation community. Would love to meet you one day. Hey, I'd love to meet you too. By the way, during this whole COVID crisis, um, I, I really can't meet with people. People know where I am. I'm in Lakeland, Florida. I, I'm on many different places on the airport. Uh, we actually are moving this month, so I won't tell you where I am because i got to figure out where I'm going anyway uh, make sure the address is correct. But other than that, when people come to meet me, I always tell them to go to Shelt Air. It's on the north side of the field. I have many locations on the field where I meet people. So that's usually where I start. And uh, one of these days, we may, even in the main terminal, we may start doing some seminars. We can't do anything right now, obviously, during this COVID crisis. But uh, we may start doing some of those things where people just get-togethers, uh, just some friendly little get-togethers, even at some of the schools on the field. Uh, some of them asked me if I want to have like an open house just for Aviation Careers podcast, and I'd love to do that and just meet it. That's why that's why I say don't come to a specific address. Uh, if we're having a meeting or a get together, it's going to be maybe at a school or whomever because I, I like to help promote some of the schools on the on the field here. That's for sure, and also some of the other schools in the area. I, I don't have to go too far. Orlando and Tampa, all over there. Florida is usually where I go, and then I try to fly out to some other locations. 
and possibly in Denver. Uh, I'm not going to announce it yet, but we have a, a really neat thing happening in Denver, Colorado. And uh, you're going to hear about that in the not-too-distant future. Uh, we've put it together a really exciting deal out there. And, uh, and it goes towards your question, by the way, talking about getting ready for the ATP. We actually have... Um, working with an individual, and I've done some of these myself, where we do like a jet transition program, getting you ready for the transition to the airlines. And we're putting together a more formal program that's going to be both here on the East Coast and also uh, Midwest and possible the West Coast. But uh, the other facility we got to go ahead with uh, just recently is our Denver, our new Denver facility that we're going to use. And we also uh, got to go ahead here in our new Florida facility. That's why I said we're moving and I'm just, I'm like tickled to death. I really wish I could say something, but I can't right now. But uh, anyway, stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Um, but, but moving on to answer your question, as you can tell, I'm a little excited about it. Um, so first of all, let's go back to what you said. How do you stand out from a crowd as far as your ratings are concerned? Um, you're trying to get ready for the airlines when they start hiring again. That's the point. So what do you do to stand out? Here's a couple things. Uh, put these in order. Uh, and also, by the way, um, there's that video, the seven steps to becoming an airline pilot. Make sure you have all those things because I'm going to mention those in this uh, in this order. But first of all, hours, hours. You need flight time. So this is what happens when things change and become more competitive. We look at the number of hours. Uh, you know, back when I started in aviation, you know, you had to have the the perfect tan, you know, three moon landings and 10,000 hours, and you might get hired by a major airline. Uh, that's not quite true anymore, but uh, we are back to a point where things are really competitive. So the first thing, remember I said 10,000 hours, first thing you want to do is get as many hours as you can. So for those people that are thinking about quitting, giving up, going to something else, if you do, if you have to leave aviation for some reason, try to keep flying as much as possible. Do some kind of a job where you can actually get some flight time in because really, really important to me hours. So why is that important? It's, it's real simple, actually. If I'm looking at somebody's resumes, and I, again, I look at tons of resumes every month and, uh, you know, people getting hired at the different airlines, and we decide at, say, the airline I work for or an airline that I'm doing work for and say, okay, our cutoff is going to be 5,000 hours. Uh, our cutoff is going to be 3,000 hours. If you have less than that number, you're not going to be able to get hired. It's that simple. So make sure you have the hourly requirement. So first, and I think this is where you're at, uh, get to those ATP minimums as quickly as you can. I think you're getting close to those from what it sounds like. But either way, if you're somebody that's a flight instructor or somebody starting out, this is goal number one, hours, and you should try to get to your ATP hours as quickly as possible. Look at what the requirements are and try to fulfill those requirements as quick as you can. Number two is ratings. That goes along with it, your ATP. Try to get as many ratings as you can. Your CFI, your CFI. Get your double I, get your MEI, get your seaplane rating, get as many ratings as you can. Ratings look good on a resume, uh, but ours obviously are number one. But the ratings that look really good on a resume are the ones that the airline is going to be able to use. And what is that? ATP multi-engine. Make sure you get that uh, or get as close as you can to the, the standards for that. Because right now, obviously, uh, things aren't, you know, people aren't hiring right now with people that don't have ATPs because nobody's really hiring that much. I shouldn't say that there are people hiring with, without the ATP, but in general, you're not going to see that. And that's going to be something that's going to be very, very competitive as far as getting, uh, getting that ATP on there so that you can get hired. Try to get all your licenses, all your certificates in order. Remember those seven things I was talking about? What do I mean by that? Uh, here's an example. Say you have your FCC restricted radio telephone operator's permit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, click on that video and you'll find out. I'll links to that. 
I also have links in my recommended reading and make sure you go out there and check that out. And I'm going to answer That's going to be part of my answer to another question you had. There are so many things that you should have and certificates that you can try to get to stand out from the crowd. So there's one of them. Certificates, ratings, other things that you can do are, you know, get your master CFI. I mean, people are going to be instructing a little longer now. So usually most uh, master CFIs, and those are through two different organizations, SAFE and also NAFI, and uh, maybe join those organizations. That's another thing you can do, get, get involved in other activities. And start looking at the possibility of getting your master CFI because it does make you stand out. I know when I got my master CFI, it really stood out on my resume. Had to actually because it was the beginning of the program, had to had to tell them what it actually meant at the time. So uh, that'll help you quite a bit. It also enables you to renew your CFI. Uh, I actually got to be the first person to renew their CFI with the master CFI here in the Tampa FISDO. So it was really kind of interesting uh, when you start telling people what you have to do to get that. They're like, wow, that's that's amazing. You know, obviously the gold seal you can get, that's that's a lot easier to do than the master CFI. But uh, do that. Get the get the gold seal. Definitely do that. I don't want to take anything away from that. Uh, put that on your on your certificate. If you don't know what the gold seal is, find out. It's on the FA website. I talked about degrees. If you don't have your bachelor's degree, try to... Uh, get that bachelor's. It doesn't matter what it's in, but just get a bachelor's, get an associate, some type of degree there. Because as you move on to the majors, not so much with the regionals, but more so with the majors, you want to be able to say, hey, I have my bachelor's. So that's something in the future. Uh, the regionals really just kind of want to see that you're working towards a degree more so than anything else. Other thing that's, things that I really highly recommend are activities. Activities such as, are you involved in the community somehow? Are you involved in the aviation community? Are you involved in EAA Young Eagles? Are you involved in things that help like the Boy Scouts and and those, any kind of scouting where you can actually help them with merit badges, et cetera? Do you, do you actually coordinate visits, tours, that type of thing? Do you do the FAA safety program? Uh, do you do safety meetings? Are you a representative? All those type of things that, that you can get involved with. There's so many activities, not just aviation related, related outside of aviation. Do you coach a team? That's important. Do you get along with people? I mean, to coach, it's, it's, uh, that's a challenge. So you need to know how to get along with people and how to handle people. And that, that gives you, uh, it tells me that you make a good captain, that type of thing. So those are the things I want you to do is get involved, get involved in certain activities. So, you know, first thing, hours, ratings, get all your licenses and certificates, degrees, activities. The last thing I want you to do is this. Recruiters, remember I've said this a lot, you want to network as much as you can. And you can network both at the airport or away from the airport. And how do you do <laughs> Well, how do you do it away from the airport? Well, that's this thing called the internet. And the internet is something that's absolutely wonderful, and it also can hurt you. So make sure you have a LinkedIn profile. And I've said this before, this is where all the recruiters hang out. They hang out online. And that's where, like when I want to talk to a recruiter, or I want to talk to somebody at a specific airline, a lot of times, I don't even send an email anymore. A lot of times I go to their LinkedIn first. If I can't get them that way, then I shoot them an email. It seems like most of them are on LinkedIn all the time. So get on there. Make your, this is the point I want to make. Make your LinkedIn profile look like a resume and look like your resume. What do I mean by that? If you're on, on your LinkedIn profile, if you don't have all your certificates and ratings, if you don't have that you actually have your passport or your FCC restricted radio telephone operator's permit, or that you don't have your class one medical, that type of thing, that's, it's going to be a little more difficult for me to determine if you're qualified for the job. So I have to go through that whole process. Put them out there. Make sure it looks like your resume. Make your LinkedIn profile look really good. Also, all your other 
things that are on the internet as far as Instagram, Facebook. Be very careful what you do and what you say. Try to stay away from all the political arguments, etc. It makes things a lot easier uh, for yourself because uh, a lot of times they're arguments, and and you're gonna you're gonna get somebody angry no matter what. So it's nice. I try to make mine, you know, pretty middle of the road type of comments, talk about flying, etc. I don't really want to get involved in those arguments anyway online. This also enables you to network more. When you network through joining these organizations in these activities, you find out about jobs. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that, well, when I was involved in such and such an organization, I had a friend who also was the chief pilot of such and such corporation and was able to get me in the door. I've seen that happen. It's pretty amazing. So that's one of the things you want to do. You want to be that person networking. And where do you network? I said online, but the airport too. Everywhere. Wear shirts that say aviation or involved with it. Always have a shirt on that talks about aviation. I wear my Aviation Careers podcast shirt all the time or my T-shirt and people ask me about it. Hand them a card, and and then, you know, mine has a little airplane. As a matter of fact, you could just put an airplane on your shirt and people ask you about airplanes because people into airplanes like to talk about airplanes. So you may get in that conversation and someone says, hey, you know, my cousin, my friend, I want to be a pilot someday, and then it goes from there. So really, really network. Uh, the other part of that question, too, you asked about other things that you can do to get the knowledge. Uh, like I said, there's a program we're putting together. But but before that, something you really can do is look at my recommended reading. If you go to aviationcareerspodcast.com, click on recommended reading. I have books out there that I think are really important. Some have to do with careers. Uh, I have to update some of them. You know, airline pilot technical careers. By the way, I know I have a technical career you know, type of a pilot interview course, and there's all these ones out there. There are so many questions out there. Not one of them is perfect. Um, I, I have an extensive list of questions. And, and think about this. I've been doing this for so many years, and I'm still adding to that list. Uh, so try to look at as many of these as you can. Uh, but the one book, to answer your question, the one book that I really think is a great book is The Turbine Pilot's Flight Manual. And that's a wonderful guide talks a lot about uh, different systems in the aircraft because, you know, once you get to the airlines now, you're not just flying the plane. Now you got to manage all these systems and all these different systems and integrations of these systems. And your electrical, you know, your hydraulic systems, uh, you have many things like your pack and your pressurization and many different types of CBDLC that you didn't have to work with before. Those are the kind of things you want to start looking at. Another good thing to do, again, is start getting ready for interviews, but also mental math for pilots, not just gets you ready for interviews. And we have a lot of those in our you know interview prep. Is Those are the kind of things you want to read. Start getting involved in reading those books. Uh, the ATP, you asked me about getting ready for that and the written. There is a, I have to say, Glime has a really good book. Uh, ASA has a good online guide. Glime has a good online guide. I, I struggle all the time with which one to recommend. I think they're both great. Um, as many things as you can read. Uh, there's even, you know, King Schools has a thing about the, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking through, through King Schools right now. Their video course, great little video course. I mean, there's, the more you can read, the better. Just start reading more and more. The other thing you can do, it's going to sound nuts, I know, but Flight Training Magazine, AOPA's Flight Training Magazine, no kidding, guys, read it. I read it. I read Flight Training. Here I am, airline pilot, and I read Flight. Why do I read Flight Training Magazine? It helps me to be able to convey knowledge about both basic and advanced concepts to my students and possibly 
to the person that's interviewing me. So it's really important to do that. So check out flight training, AOPA flight. I don't get paid for that one, by the way. So uh, there's that's you know I always refer people to AOPA uh, flight. I know it's Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. They want to see a more robust and growing aviation community. And how do you do that? You get more people to learn how to fly. Get more people to learn how to fly and teach them how to fly and explain concepts to them. So many good websites out there. So that's one of the things I want you to do is start searching and looking there because they also do stuff on Turbine. AOPA has a Turbine uh, magazine. That's kind of a good one to look at too. I, I'd say uh, the flight training is one of the better ones to look at. Great articles about uh, concepts because they're going to ask you those things in the interview. So uh, that's another way you want to stand out and get ready. I know yours were more talking about jet engines, that type of thing, the turbine pilots handbook. Uh, flight training does have articles sometimes. And if you do join, uh, I'm pretty sure you can go back and look at their past articles. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty darn sure that you can do that online and uh, and get their past articles and also any articles they wrote about like jet engines, how does a, a pressurization system work, you know, how do the hydraulic systems work, you know, what's auto braking, what's, you know, auto thrust, um, you know, what are, what are things like thrust reversers, how do those things work? Th- those are the kind of things you want to kind of learn a little bit. What's mock, what's mock tuck, those kind of things they'll, they'll actually discuss in there. So all those kind of things you should look at. The, the last part of your question, let's make sure I got all of them. Uh, oh, uh, should you pay for your own ATP certificate? Uh, that depends. That really depends. If the job that you're looking towards is requiring you to have an ATP certificate and it's and you're not able to get any other jobs, then yes. I mean, if you... Let's look at something here. Like, for instance, some airlines required you to have, say, a 737 type rating or a type rating before you actually got hired. If part of being hired at the airline is to have that rating, then you got to get that rating if you want to go to that airline. Then you just can't apply. If, in general, uh, airlines are now going to start requiring have the ATP, uh, which some might, uh, or be you know have the CTP training done before you get there, then yeah, you should start looking at that and start looking at getting your ATP. I wouldn't say right now. The people that I usually tell they should think about doing that, especially for ex-military, is uh, use your benefits from the military or any other place where you can get that type rating. By the way, we have type ratings in our scholarships guide, both for the 737 and also for the Airbus A320. So you can look at those scholarships to get yourself a free uh, free scholarship by the way, I always hate to bring this one up, but I just thought of it is, you know, I know people have won both of those scholarships and actually decide not to do one of them, just got the one uh, rating that they didn't have and uh, won both the 7.3 and the Airbus type rating uh, in one year. So think about that. Think about looking towards those type of things where you can uh, win scholarships to get your type ratings. Um, the only reason I would say to get the type rating is that as a last resort. The only reason I'm saying that is because it's expensive. I get it. Uh, maybe work with your employer. Uh, maybe if your school has the ability to do uh, the certified training programs, some actually have the either the ability or the partnership with other programs to be able to get the CTP, the certified training program for the ATP, and also they know where to go for that. You might be able to get a discount in that manner, especially if you work from one of those schools. Uh, and that's actually kind of what we're we're working towards now as far as getting ready for the airlines is, yeah, we can help you out, get ready for the training for the, the ATP, but really most importantly, can you work towards your CTP, your certified training program for your ATP, for your airline transport pilot certificate. Boy, there's a lot of stuff that we packed in here. I know there's only two questions, but 
really good stuff. You know, getting yourself ready for the airlines is is really important right now, and you want to be able to stand out. If if you remember the the old days, which we're kind of back to again for a little while, is uh, you know didn't matter how many hours you had, uh, you really had to know the chief pilot. So when I said networking, there's another way to get into the offices is the chief pilot's office. I say that now people are going to start flooding the chief pilot with questions, but uh, if you do know somebody, that is really really important and get to know through that whole process. I mean, this is a whole process. If you know people at the airline, start to get to know more and more people there. If you truly have a friend, use them as a reference. If you don't have a friend there but you know somebody, let them know about it. Say, hey, I know this person. They're not a friend of mine, but it's a casual acquaintance. The more you know, the better, that's for sure. But the most important thing is don't give up. I know that this is a tough time, and we've gone through these tough times before, and we're going to have them again another five, ten years down the road. Uh, and I know there's no light at the end of the tunnel, supposedly, uh, but we can make our own tunnel. you know, And we can make our own way. And that's what we need to do now, is don't don't be looking for the light. Dig towards it. You know, if... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of people that just kind of wait for their, their ship to come in. What I want you to do right now is I want you to swim out to the ship. Uh, don't wait for that ship to come in. This is your time. This is when you should be taking action to move forward in your life, no matter what it may be. Most importantly, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and then start looking towards taking care of your career and be super hyper-focused on those things. This isn't time to get sloppy, that's for sure. But use all these tools that I have. I'll have links in the show notes to some of those things, like I said, about the recommended reading. Uh, if you're interested in career coaching, you can click on that. If you want to try to figure out a new direction or a direction to go in uh, in your career and trying to figure out what it is you're, you might be doing, uh, you know, we've kept our, our prices down, so that, that hopefully will help you out there. I'm super hyper excited about what's going to happen in the future. I can't wait till we get a vaccine for this. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait till that happens. I know we all can't wait for that to happen, and I can't wait to be over this. And, and hopefully we'll see that sometime in the near future, and I pray for that, and I also keep thinking about you. But most importantly, what I want you to do is after you finish listening to this, I want you to take action. Look at one of the things I talked about and take action on it. Whether it's actually trying to add hours, add ratings, start researching that, look online, look at scholarships, start networking, update your LinkedIn profile. No matter what it is, I want you to do that right now. And don't stop. Don't stop after I, you hit the stop button here. Today, I want you to take one more step towards your career goal. It might be a small one, might be a large leap, but do something today to move forward in your career and in your life. Well, folks, stay flying and we'll talk to you again next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.